Hello, I'm Diana Green, the Bard of Hudson, and welcome to season two. More stories, more connections, more adventures. Happily divorced and parenting two amazing humans, I set out to discover why this life is worth living and what the heck I was meant to do with the time that was given to me. My hope is to remind you, inspire you, and connect with you here and in person. And to that end, please, please share, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the podcast and join my Patreon. You can find me at patreon.com slash dianathebard. In the end, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, good morning. This is coming to you from a whole different location. I am house-sitting at my cousin Laura's. And I don't have a space that's tiny and small and contained, so I'm going to do the best I can here. Laura lives near, very close to the New York State Thruway, so you'll hear trucks rumbling by, perhaps. And there's a refrigerator, and there are cat denizens, that's the one, who make cute little bleeping noises. <laughs> and they might join me here, but I'm grateful for them because... What I'm about to launch into is a rough one. It's going to be perhaps a short, rough episode because I'm in mourning today. I'm in mourning for a life which crossed paths with mine for much too brief a time. Our beautiful cream-colored kitten, Zuko, named for the fire prince in Avatar The Last Airbender, had to leave us two days ago in shocking, brutal swiftness. He was not even one and a half years old, yet he was such a charmer that he had deeply ingrained himself into the fabric of our family as though he'd been around for a decade. I guess he was like one of those stars which blazes brighter but burns out faster. Why does that seem to be so? Why can't the bright and beautiful things stick around longer? I am heart sick today, and I haven't been much use to myself or anyone else. I think it was the manner of his death that left me reeling, that woke me with a flood of tears at first light. Two days ago, he was fine, or so we thought. He dragged his string toys up the stairs. You could hear him coming and prepare yourself to participate in a few minutes of fetch. He was one of those rare cat dogs, dog cats, who will play fetch till you're bored. He was quite a food hound, too, but we had to be very careful not to give him any table scraps because he would undoubtedly barf them back up an hour later, despite how much he enjoyed the eating experience. After he left us, Dakota said, had he known, he would have let him eat all the chicken and butter he ever wanted, even if it meant cleaning up lots of vomit. Zuko was never an aggressive beggar, though. He was always patient and polite. He would sit in your lap or just beyond your bowl and... Look at each bite as it went into your mouth with a hopeful smile. Yes, cats smile. He might gently extend a paw in your direction, but just to point out that there was a bit of oatmeal left and were you sure you were done or might you perhaps have a bite to share with a friend? I wish that I had shared every time. Zuko came to us to fill the hole left in Dakota's heart when his beloved deaf cat, Sadie, died much too early also. She had been only five years old when she died, and she died soon after we spent a scary night with her 
at the emergency veterinary clinic. We are never going back to that place again. I've had cats all my life, and though I know they each died, I guess I never experienced a panicked rush to the emergency room with the others. I remember one that was run over by the plumber's truck in our driveway when I was a kid. That was awful. I had one named Thomasina, after a movie about a cat that I saw when I was little. She gave birth to three sweet kittens in the laundry room, but then my nanny insisted that we had to take them all to get checked out about a month later. She didn't put them in a proper carrier in the car, just in the cardboard box that they were born in. When we reached the vet, Thomasina escaped in panic. We were left with the three kittens, and we never saw her again. I was devastated. Dave and I had two kittens when we lived in Atlanta, and one of them, Kandinsky, also died just at about a year or so because of some kind of cancer. Geez, well, I mentioned this might be a rough episode. Being a pet companion, a pet host, I don't use the word owner because I don't think of them as, like, slaves. (laughs) I think of them as companions. So we are friends. Anyway, being a pet companion is an act of extreme optimism. We know that they will die before we do in all likelihood, but our hearts are willing to take that journey anyway. It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, as Tennyson says. Yes, it is. Love stretches the heart every time. Each new loved one squeezes in there as if to say, Oh, come on, you have room for one more, like some congenial tour bus where everyone will end up singing and sharing sandwiches. I find that I am more willing to welcome in the small furry riders these days, leaving the humans to catch the next ride. Might as well go on with this metaphor, eh? Furry friends are not as complex in the manner of the pain they bring along with their joy. If they cause you pain, it is never their intention, but usually some circumstance beyond their control. They are not Machiavellian. To be clear, I am talking about an animal that I would take into my home, which would then be inevitably well cared for and adored. There's a special place in hell for people who mistreat animals. Animals return the love they are given tenfold and never with contingencies. I am cynical about human love sometimes. I do think it often comes at a steep price. Anyway, back to Zuko, because I'm going to briefly describe his end because I imagine you're curious. I'll leave you with a charming picture at the end, though, I promise. So I volunteered to take him to the emergency vet because Dakota was working. And he had spent all day worrying about him already as it was. So I said, you get a couple hours of work in and I'll go find out what's going on. Because as soon as I saw him, I knew that he didn't look right. He didn't look like himself. He was very unhappy and meowing when you touched him. So we put him gently into the cat carrier and I brought him over. And they said, what's up with him? And I said, well, he's meowing. He's lethargic. So they brought him in and They palpated his stomach and immediately said, oh my goodness, his bladder is very engulfed. He must be blocked. So they knew what they were going to be doing with him. And in fact, the cat who had come in right before us had the same thing. But of course, first they had to type me up a bunch of estimates as to how much I would be spending for this episode. 
It took a while, and then they came back with two different estimates. One, which they said was not preferable, which was for them to do an operation and then release him to us right away, and we could take him home and monitor him ourselves. For that, we would have to pay $1,900. The second estimate was for their preferred course of action, which was to do the same procedure, but then monitor him for 48 hours themselves so they could make sure that the fluid that he was then releasing from his bladder was clear. That whole scenario would cost us $6,500. I gasped in horror. And the assistant said, well, going to the ER is never not expensive. And then when questioned, they said that what he was suffering from was also likely to return in anywhere from 24 hours to a year. They estimated that about 50% of animals didn't have any recurrences at all, but 50% did. The odds were terrible. The price was astronomical. So I decided that the best course of action was to be to put him down. I was weeping, make no mistake. I was beside myself. And I called Dakota and I said, you better come over here because here's the scenario. He was weeping. It took him a while to even be able to see well enough to come drive over. And, and in the interim, the doctor came in to see what I had been thinking about. I was holding Zuko. He was wrapped in a towel. He was sleeping in my arms, and I had been saying goodbye to him and thanking him for all of the beautiful sunshine that he had brought into our lives. And I told the doctor that given those parameters, we had decided to put him down. She absolutely challenged me on that and said, no, 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 he's a young cat. You should give him a shot. And she went on after a few minutes to convince me that we would take it in stages and they would evaluate the fluid when they got it out of him and give us the next case scenario and be able to tell us better things. So in short, by the time Dakota showed up, the doctor had convinced me to do the operation and see what happened next, to plunk down my $1,900 and then see where we were at that point. So I left Zuko in Dakota's arms. I went in and paid the bill, choking on it the whole time. And then Zuko went in for the operation. I, as I said, I'm cat sitting. So I ran home in the meantime to feed the cats that are here. And by the time I was heading back, Dakota said, well, he's halfway through. He's going to come out soon. So then we'll know more. So I got back there to see him, you know, on the operating table. And they said, Okay, you know, the fluid wasn't too bad, but we think blah, 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 basically stage two. And so I was going into the reception to pay another chunk of money for stage two, which was that they were going to keep him for a few hours and see what happened when he woke up. And just then the assistant came in to say, well, the doctor wants to speak to you. It turns out that they had put him on the x-ray table and taken an x-ray only to find out that the catheter that they had inserted had torn through his urethra and that to fix him would be five to eight days at a specialty hospital, at which point we just lost it. 
It was horrible. And I said to the doctor, this is so much worse now because now he is just this lump of sedated cat and we are definitely going to put him down. And yet we don't get the opportunity to say goodbye to him while he was still able to register our love. Maybe somewhere inside there in his sedated brain, he could hear us, but we didn't know that. So we had to say goodbye to him as he was, with his tongue lolling out of his mouth and his eyes stuck open. And it was ghastly. Ghastly is the only word for it. And those doctors and nurses were milling around and they just didn't know what to say and they knew they had messed up. Messed up big time. So... I will not dwell on the fury that bubbled up amidst all of my pain and grief. I won't talk too much about that dark part of me that wanted to sue them all, or at the very least scratch their insipid faces. Instead, I will shift the picture back to Zuko's entrance into our lives. Back to the day where he found that space in a heart that needed filling. And he found that he was just about the right size. Dakota and I were going to view a family of five kittens who were being fostered in a home nearby. This was early in lockdown, so we had to wear masks and gloves and everything. We had agreed that we were hoping for a female because we had an ornery older male who already marked our walls and chairs with his urine, and we didn't want a little guy to learn those bad habits. But in the car on the way over, Dakota said, if one crawls into my lap and stays there, I'll know that's the one. I thought that might be a tall order with complete strangers. But often in his life, Dakota has had an incredible power to manifest exactly the outcome he desires. He should use that gift more often. That group of kittens had widely divergent personalities. There were four females and just the one male. He was yellow. The rest of them were black and white. We tried to play with them all, but in the end, it was Zuko who climbed into Dakota's lap and fell asleep, purring loudly. He was so tiny and perfect, just ten weeks old. We took him home, and he was a joyous ray of sunshine from that day to this. I am grateful for his short, sweet presence in my life, grateful that he gave Dakota so much relief from the dark days of lockdown and from his father's passing. Zuko had a big job, and somehow he knew it, and accepted it with great, boundless good cheer. Farewell, sweet fire prince. I trust that cat heaven is full of string toys and rose chicken. Thanks for listening. Please reach out with your thoughts and your comments. You can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or Facebook at Diana Green or on my website, bardofhudson.com, where you can listen to the podcast directly from there or leave comments. I would love to hear from you. And please check out my Patreon page for photos and videos and extra goodies that I don't share anywhere else. And wherever you're listening, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. It makes a huge difference and it helps other people to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.